Welcome to the Truth Alchemy Podcast, hosted by me, Ella Sang, truth embodiment coach and a magical multidimensional being. This podcast is your portal into leading your truest and most beautiful life and brand, where you are all of you. Together, we play in the realms of purpose activation, unconditional self-love, truth embodiment, mindset, emotional intelligence, multidimensional online branding, kundalini yoga, spirituality, embodied leadership, manifestation, energetics, and so much more. This is an expansive space for coaches, healers, leaders, heart-led entrepreneurs, and spiritual seekers to remember who they really are, what they are capable of, and the life that they are here to live. So, Open up that big, beautiful heart of yours to receive potent codes and transmissions that'll activate you into your next level. Let's play. Hello, beautiful human being, and thank you for hitting play and coming on to hang out once again on the Truth Alchemy podcast. If it's your first time here, then hello, welcome. It is so nice to meet you. My name is Ella Sang and I'm a truth embodiment coach. My mission on this planet, as it is in this moment, is all about activating truth in people. It's reminding people the truth of who they are and the life that they came here to live. It is my deepest passion in guiding you to live and lead your truest and most beautiful life and brand. A life and brand that encapsulates your soul's purpose and allows you to receive abundance and just so much joy doing what you love and being all of you. So that is a little bit about yours truly. And I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. I've been super enjoying all of these episodes that I'm creating for you and posting. And I'm just so grateful for each and every one of you who tune in. It's blowing my mind, honestly, how many plays there have been on the podcast already since restarting officially about two weeks ago. So I just want you to know that if you're listening to this, which of course you are right now, I'm so grateful for you and it is honestly my deepest pleasure to hold this space, to create this sacred space of connection and wisdom and codes for you. And yeah, I just want to thank you for pressing play, for coming on to hang out with me and for choosing to tune in to the frequency that I hold. So today's episode is one that I am so jazzed up about. This is the first podcast interview on the Truth Alchemy podcast. So before the Truth Alchemy podcast, when I had the Badass Lightworker podcast, I had some interviews, which I've always loved because these interviews really allow me to bring on these powerful beings, these powerful leaders in the space and share with you their journey, share with you their unique expression and the wisdom that they hold. I think the most beautiful thing about these conversations is that we really get to see how we're all so similar, how we have similar paths, how we have similar journeys, and at the same time, how different we are in our unique expression of all of it. 
So it is really, you know, part of my passion and excitement and joy on this podcast to bring to you a selection of amazing human beings, human beings whom I have worked with either directly, who I have been friends with, or who I have just connected with on the internet and have been so inspired and activated by. I'm just uh, so honored to be able to share with you all these beautiful beings and leaders so that you can tap into their wisdom, their codes, and yeah, you know, really be on the frequency of all these activating people. So with that said, I am super, super happy and honored to be introducing to you today's guest, Sophia Maria. So a little quick backstory is that Sophia and I actually met through her reaching out to me to create some cosmic designs for her beautiful programs. The first program was Rainbow Womb Co's and the second program uh, was Womb Alchemy, which you'll learn more about in our interview. And it's always so beautiful, these divine connections of how Sophia managed to find me on like a hashtag cosmic collage hashtag. And she reached out to me to have me do some artwork for her. And since our initial conversation, we're like, oh my goodness, we're like soul sisters, divine connection. This is so great. And yeah, I've been so inspired by the work that Sophia brings into the world, her beautiful and nourishing presence, and just the power of the codes that she holds in her priestess expression, in the beautiful womb healing work that she does with women. So I'm really happy to be able to bring her on the podcast and share with you all about the divine feminine, all about womb healing, all about pleasure activation, and how do you really lead your life from that place of your divine feminine expression? You know, we talk all about what the divine feminine actually is, and how do you begin to harness the power of your womb, this beautiful creation portal, to be your truest expression and to create and lead the life of pleasure that you deeply desire. And honestly, we go on into so many other little tangents and beautiful gems have come out of this conversation that I'm just so stoked to have you tune into. So with that said, let me give you a quick intro to who Sophia Maria is. So Sophia Maria is the creatrix of Womb Alchemy. She is a licensed acupuncturist and a priestess of the Magdala Rose Mystery School, which we talk all about as well. You know, what is what exactly is a mystery school and what is it like to be a priestess? And her womb alchemy coaching business is dedicated to helping women reclaim their womb as their sacred portal of creation by transforming their pain into power. Sophia weaves wisdom from many traditions, creating a deep life-changing experience for her clients. She works deeply with divine feminine energies and has supported hundreds of women through coaching, women's circle, retreats, and energy healing. She is fiercely dedicated to helping women embody their true and most empowered self, which is ah, so juicy. And of course, you can probably see why I had to have Sophia come on the podcast and just share all of her goodness. So with that said, I'll let you tune into this beautiful conversation that we had. 
and Sophia is actually currently enrolling for her wonderful womb alchemy coaching program which she shares more about with us on this episode and I'll also have all the links to um, the womb alchemy program and to her work in the show notes for you if you're feeling Sophia's vibe if you're feeling that activation and that call to deepen your understanding of womb healing work then I highly recommend that you check out her things and discover more about the Womb Alchemy program as well. So with that said, lean back, my loves, open up your arms, open up that big, beautiful heart of yours. Maybe make yourself a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea or whatever beverage of your choice. Um, And yeah, let's jump on into this interview. Yay! I am so excited to have the beautiful Sophia Maria here on the Truth Alchemy Podcast. So how are you today, Sophia? Hi, Ella. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well and I just get all champagne bubbly inside whenever I have the opportunity to share about womb healing and just giving people resources for support. So yeah, I'm super pumped. Yay, so good. Yeah, so for my listeners here, a little quick background is that Sophia and I actually met through working on cosmic creations together. So I do a lot of designs for Sophia's beautiful programs. And yeah, super excited to have you come on and tell us more about who you are and what you do. So with that said, can you dive in? Let us know who is Sophia Maria and what is the medicine that you bring to the world? Ooh. Yes, we're starting big. I love it. That's what I'm here for. So Sophia Maria, this is this is my birth name. Maria is my middle name. And I really like the way that you pose that question of like, who is Sophia Maria rather than like, who are you? Because actually, for me, my name is such a big part of the work that I do. And Sophia, they say is like the name of the cosmic mother, goddess Sophia. And then Um, Maria is also this motherly energy, you know, Mother Mary, and I am very connected to that whole lineage with connecting with the roses and the divine feminine and the cosmic mother. And so for me, anytime that I'm like, oh, who am I? What am I here to do? Is this really my purpose? I'm like, your name is Sophia Maria. (laughs) Like you're destined for this. And yeah, so as Sophia Maria, I'm here as a guide, as a way shower, carrying this torch that is helping others find a way through navigating the chaos that is being a human (laughs) and really giving them the support, the inspiration, the tools that they need and specifically working with women to reignite that divine feminine essence within themselves because we have really forgotten the, innate innate power that we carry as women that being our intuition our connection to source god goddess whatever you want to call it our ability to navigate life through creating from the space of intuition and we've been put into a box of living a really um wounded masculine way and it has it has made us kind of lose that connection to who we really are and our innate power and so my purpose my passion is to really help women reclaim their womb reclaim their divine feminine and 
come into their power. Oof, so good. That landed so deeply inside of me and I'm just like, ah, so much excitement. There's so many things that you mentioned that I just want to talk about. And yeah, thank you for the beautiful work that you do. It truly is so important understanding you know, the divine feminine aspect, especially as being a woman, actually demystifying what it means. How do we embody that? Because I think, especially, you know, in modern days, I think we have a lot of misconceptions as to what it means to be feminine. There's like, oh yeah, be feminine means like you gotta be like girly, you gotta be pretty. Uh, But I know it goes so much deeper than that. Like personally for me, the past year has been so pivotal in actually experiencing the divine feminine energy. Personally, I felt it through a psychedelic journey where like I felt divine feminine course through my being um, and it has transformed my life since. So I would love for you to speak more on what does the divine feminine mean to you specifically because we hear so much about it um, and what was your journey like or what was that moment, that experience of awakening your divine feminine energy that you're like, wow, like this is a thing, this is happening. <laughs> mm. Oh, I love that question. It's so great. I actually just sent out an email to my mailing list about what the divine feminine rising means yesterday. And I'm like, ah, I love how synchronized everything is. And I believe that the divine feminine is a sacred permission slip for you to be your true self. And this divine feminine lens of your true self is connecting to that Um, that intuitive, that spiritual, that psychic, flowing, creative, sensual, pleasurable part of you. And it's completely separate from gender, as you said. And the divine feminine rising, like we hear this term all the time and it's like, okay, what does that actually mean if we think about it, right? And that means so many different things to different people. And to me, it is just this truth that runs through my bones that allows me to become a vessel of creation. Mm. It allows me to love my big breasts that I've always felt shame about. It allows me to love the softer parts of my body and my belly. It allows me to know that that intuitive guidance that I am getting is a safe way for me to navigate my life like it just gives me that permission to really embrace these parts of myself that I feel have been really shamed by society and so many of us especially as women we've been shamed and we have been forced into this mask of the wounded feminine and this wounded feminine that we grow up in is so normal it's so like i don't want to say normal but it's so common right the competition the judgment the the um gossiping the you know needing external validation to feel worthy of love comparison like all of that that we grow up with from like kindergarten like it's present from such a young age and we've been lacking any kind of feminine figures to that are representations of that divine feminine and now there's more and more of them but i know i did not have that growing up and so it's been kind of through trial and error that we have had to move through to discover who our wounded feminine is and how we can transmute and alchemize that into our divine feminine and one thing that i really want to highlight is that like 
Instagram and social media, it can make embodying the divine feminine look like this really like orgasmic wearing red <laughs> lipstick all the time and you know like frolicking in the grass which like it is all that but like I think that we as beings who also navigate the world through ego can get attached to what embodying the feminine looks like rather than what it feels like and that is kind of a trap because that's where we start to compare like well oh like I'm not as like wild or like expressive as like this other person who is in her feminine so I have to look more like that to be in my feminine and you know that's part of the journey of discovering your own embodiment of it but I just really want to encourage every single listener to emphasize on who you already are rather than try to look like somebody else to fit some kind of mold of the feminine. Um, yeah, so I also want to make sure to answer your question of like when I felt the divine feminine rising within me. And I would say, you know, there's so many stories I could share about this, but I actually was just thinking about this story a couple days ago. And it was when I was initiated into the Magdalene Rose Mystery School as a priestess. And I, I was like 23, I was traveling the world. I've been to 25 countries and I was just going, you know, to different sacred sites and moving through activations and initiations, working with plant medicine. And I had gone to Sedona and there's this incredible angelic woman named Susanna Sophia Hart. And she is the high priestess of the Magdala Rose Mystery School. Magdala Rose meaning connecting with Mary Magdalene and the Rose lineage. And I remember when I found her website, I, was, I just started crying and I was like, oh, this is home. Like there's something here for me. And I went to Sedona where she lived and she had a retreat and the whole retreat was focusing on initiating you into this mystery school. And we went through this whole ritual by a fire. And I just remember feeling something change in me. It was like a light turned on and I, have just never been the same since then. And I feel like that was a remembering that was activated within me. Beautiful, oh my gosh. I just got like this full body chills moment when you mentioned the Rose lineage because that's been something that's been really present for me recently. There's a song I've been listening to called Rose Lineage and I've been like just singing that even like leading up to our episode today. Like the last two days, I'm just like finding myself singing this. I'm like, what is going on? And like now that you just said it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so wild. That is so beautiful. And oh gosh, you touched on so many points. I love what you said about, you know, the divine feminine embodying it really comes down to being your true self which is such a breath of fresh air because it's so, you know, it's so easy for us to be like, oh, like there's this definition of what it, it means to be embodied in my divine feminine. Like you said, I got to go frolic in the grass. I got to go wear red lipstick. But truly, it's about coming back to who you are, embracing those aspects of yourself, really learning to love who you are. And yeah, I, I think this is such a big thing of discerning between what is wounded feminine energy, what is divine feminine energy, and how do we bring that into our everyday by realizing it's just a matter of being who we are. It's not this big fancy thing. We don't have to jump through hoops. We don't have to become someone we're not or do things that we don't want to do to become this version of ourselves. 
So yeah, that is so beautiful. And you know, what exactly is a mystery school? Like I'm really curious to know. And you know, my next question for you is, what does it mean to be a priestess? Like, what is it like to be on the priestess path? And I'm personally super intrigued, like I said, because I feel like my soul's like, oh my gosh, like you're meant to know this and have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, wow, how beautiful is that, that we get to have this conversation and there's also wisdom and medicine for you, as well as for me, just by listening to you and having this truth be mirrored back and being like, yes, yes, I hear you. I feel that, which just really confirms all that I already feel is truth for me. And it's beautiful to see how it's spreading, you know? And I used to pray when I was like 19. I was like, please, goddess, send me other goddesses that I can like connect <laughs> with and do rituals with. And now my life is like purely that and it's beautiful but to answer your question the priestess path what does it mean to be a priestess and this mystery school energy as well yeah so i just want to clarify first that the term priestess is non-denominational and you know we can think oh like priest like catholic church and i was raised catholic but i do not resonate with it at all um i would not call myself a catholic now and so a priestess is the wow <laughs> let's i don't even know how to put a definition to it <laughs> a priestess to me is like to be an embodiment of the divine feminine and to have a mission and live your life in accordance to that mission right that mission being being like to help humanity to help the collective consciousness heal however you want to phrase it. For me, like I said earlier, my mission to help women reclaim their womb and transform their pain into power. That's my mission. And as a priestess, I am communing with other divine energies. I am opening sacred space every single morning and interacting with these higher vibrational energies to support the evolution and the healing of Mother Earth and the collective consciousness. And as a priestess, I feel that I carry this specific vibration that I've attuned myself to every single day to kind of be like this walking tuning fork where I hold a specific vibration. And then when I'm around other people, like our energies can calibrate and that raises their vibration. And that's not at all to say like, I'm a high vibe, a walking high vibration, <laughs> like, I got anger, I got sadness, like I got all the feels. I'm very much human. And we're all that, we're all walking tuning forks and that's how we calibrate to one another's energies. And we can utilize that to help our planet heal by doing our personal work and knowing that that is reverberating outward. And so as a Magdala Rose priestess, I am, my, my passion is to create this safe haven for women to come into and and find themselves. And that can look like so many different things like programs, uh, women's retreats, you know, gatherings, so many different ways, but it's really a place for women to heal. And, and I'm a mirror for them in that way, holding sacred space, helping them navigate their traumas, helping them remember their truth and their power and channeling those tools. Like I, I have so many different 
tools and practices. Like I have 800 notes in my notes app of just ideas that are coming through and wisdom to share. And I feel like I am a walking vessel, like channeling these like ancient archives of healing. <laughs> um, and yeah, the mystery school vibe, I, like that is, that is the ancient schools where they would teach these, these teachings, I guess, like these techniques of transcending fear and finding your power be beyond that fear. And, you know, there were so many different expressions of that. And these mystery schools were in Egypt and, you know, the temple of Isis was a mystery school. The mystery schools were in Scotland and in India, they were everywhere. And they all had a different approach, just like religions have different approaches. And so this mystery school energy is commemorating how these ancient teachings were once the primary way of life before different religions came and wiped that out. And yeah, reconnecting us with this like primal intuitive force that we are. Yeah, oh, I love that so much. Like the way that, you know, the, the visual that came to mind for me as you spoke on that is that you're a portal as a priestess. It's like a calibration portal, a healing portal. It's like you get to hold this frequency of your truth, create the safe space for women to come in, for souls to come in and have that reflection. It's like a tuning fork, a tuning fork back into their truth. And yeah, it's just so beautiful because this is the work that I'm here to do too. And I think that's the beauty of it is how many different expressions we can do this work in. And yeah, it's just... This is so, so beautiful. Like, I just, ah, this is so good. Um, so, you know, with these teachings that you have and that you've learned and like your experiences, the healing that you have been through, I know that you have created your own divine, another divine portal for people called womb alchemy and that a lot of your work is around connecting women to their womb, allowing them to reconnect to their divine feminine, their intuition, their power through the womb. What exactly is the significance of the womb? Um, you know, I, I think I can speak for myself is that I felt very disconnected from my womb for most of my life. It was like, oh, that time of the month again, why are you hurting? Oh, this is so annoying. I'm bleeding, this and that. Um, and at the same time, I've also heard, you know, in recent years that the womb is like the gateway, the portal to the universe, to creation. So I would love for you to speak on a little bit, you know, what is the magic of the womb? Why is that the main focus of your work and your priestess powers? Um, yeah, like what is going on here that we need to know? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is why I'm also creating a podcast because I could talk about this for <laughs> days. <laughs> so I'll keep it. I'll do my best to keep it concise and clear. But to yeah to to start out like the womb as you said really is this portal of creation and what that means to me is like so let's see how do i want to put this it's okay so i look at a lot of things through the lens of chinese medicine and the energetics of the body as well i'm an acupuncturist and i've also studied the physical body and you know done my own experiential research of the energy of my body so I'm looking at energy from many different lenses and overlapping them. And 
as we all, I mean, as I know, and many people know, we have lines of energy that run through our body. They're called meridians. And what the womb is for our body, it's like the motherboard of our life force energy. So if you were to think about a water tower in a town, it has all the water that the townspeople receive. And if those pipes leading from the water tower to their houses are blocked, they're not going to receive water, so they're not receiving nourishment. And so our womb is the same. Our womb is that water tower, and our body is the townspeople. It's the town. And we, our body receives nourishment and energy from our womb. And if there's blocks, as I said, in the pipes from the water tower, these are our meridians being blocked. And so this can create dis-ease and disharmony, mental, emotional, spiritual disharmony in our being. And so the womb can, when it's really cultivated and tended to, it is like supercharging this primal creative life force that we all embody and sending it through the rest of our being to create harmony and balance. And there's a lot of different ways that you can channel that womb energy and that you can, you know, use that to access so many different layers of the self. Like I see the womb as this gateway into all parts of the self because womb healing, yes, we do focus on the physical aspect of the womb. However, it goes way beyond that because every single being has a womb, regardless of gender, regardless of status of the physical organ of the uterus, all of that. And with that, like we are accessing all these aspects of the self, our wounded self, our shadow self. We can access ancestral karma, our relationship with our mother that's likely impacting our relationship with other women and ourselves our self-worth, our relationship with our body, past trauma, like we can access all these wounded parts of the self and we can access the most empowered part of who we are because this is our primal energy that's stored here. We can access our intuition and psychic and healing abilities. I have witnessed so many women that I have worked with be able to access such deep levels of their intuition and psychic abilities that they never knew they could before because they went into the womb and cultivated the space and created a relationship with it and as you said yeah like we have been programmed to neglect this part of our body there's a lot of pain associated with that part of our body right like our hymen tearing when we lose our virginity for some people our menstrual cycle all the different imbalances like PCOS and endometriosis, like, you know, giving birth, <laughs> tight pelvic floor, like all these experiences that we can have with our womb that are associated with pain. And because of that subconscious association of pain with this space, it can really damage our relationship with pleasure in our womb. And this really impacts women's libidos, their connection to sex their desire for pleasure, not just physical pleasure, but pleasure as a way of life. So I really find the womb as like this, this coming home into the self and moving through these dense layers in order to reach that core light that is your soul, that is your unshakable power that is underneath all the layers of 
human experience. So yeah, really, really coming home into your power and into your truth and ridding yourself, detoxing of these layers of wounding that have made you forget who you really are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because at our core, we know who we are. We know our power, but it's just all the forgetting, all the wounding, all the layering on top of that. So how how does someone, like let's say a listener right now who's tuning into this, they're like, okay, like I'm seeing where I've been disconnected from my womb. What's your first step or what advice and guidance would you give for someone who's like first time building a connection with their womb? It's like, to begin to let go of the perception that okay like I should not be involved with this or like this is painful like how do we take that first step to change our relationship with our womb yeah I think that's a great question and you know there's so many different approaches that one could take and the first thing that popped into my mind when you asked the question is start breathing into your womb Mm -hmm. so much of the time we're shallow breathing and we're expanding our lungs and our chest when we inhale but we don't pull the air down so think of like a yoga breath where you expand your low belly on the inhale which is counterintuitive to what we have kind of been trained to do from like living in a chronic stress state so you want to bring that breath all the way down and expand your womb on the inhale and do it until your belly is like full and bloated I'm doing it right now if you hear me Me breathing (laughs) and then exhaling and when you exhale contracting your belly so you want it to be gentle you don't want to like force it you know this isn't like a fire breath but doing that for a couple minutes a day and being conscious following the air as it goes into your nose down into your womb seeing your womb like literally taking a breath like I call this womb breathing because your womb gets to receive this life force energy and this chi in Chinese medicine, like this is a primal important uh, chi aspect of energy that our body needs to function, which we all know it's breath, but it's actually really important for the production of our blood and our chi, like the whole well wellness of our body is determined on air. And so when we can intentionally carry that air down into our womb and communicate with her as we're doing it, like I send you this air so that you can breathe, like breathing life into your womb. That is the first step because before you can access any of the intuition or anything else going on there, like your womb needs to be able to be alive and like you want to give her that first breath just like a baby takes its first breath when it's born and it's now alive like our womb is so deprived of breath attention and love and so sending her that breath and communing with her like how are you womb i love you i hear you i see you i yearn to know you like putting your hands on your womb and create a relationship with her and then go from there Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing because truly a lot of these super transformative practices are so simple. Like it comes back to the breath. It comes back to the awareness that you can build that connection with something as simple as just breathing into your womb. And I think what you really highlighted there is the intentionality as you're breathing too. It's not just like, okay, I'm doing this thing because Sophia said to do it, so let me do it. But it's like, how do I 
be present? How do I say like, I'm breathing life into you. Like I want to build this connection with you. So yeah, that's so beautiful. So now that we know that the womb is this creation portal, I also know that, you know, there's alchemy that gets to happen in this portal. So I would love to know what does the process of alchemy hold for you? So when you talk about, for example, you know, turning pain into power, what is that process of alchemy? And what does that look like specifically within womb alchemy? Great question. Yes. So alchemy, you know, it's, it's a metaphor for transformation and it can be interpreted in so many different ways. You know, if you're talking about herbs, that's a different kind of alchemy than womb alchemy, than talk alchemy, you know, like all of it is, is transformation. And so womb alchemy and the transformation that happens there, I, I like to think about like the ingredients of womb alchemy. And as I spoke on before, we can access these wounded parts of ourselves that are creating blocks within our energy, that are creating disharmony within mind, body, and spirit. We can access them through the portal of the womb. And say that we're working with our shadow self, for example, right? We're accessing our shadow self, our shadow self being this like pain body that's a compilation of a lot of unprocessed emotion and trauma. And when we access this part of ourself in a guided, compassionate, loving way, then we start to bring it to light. So the alchemy starts when you recognize that there is a part of you that is imbalanced that is to be transmuted through love, that is ready to be released, right? It's like an energetic detox. So by recognizing the shadow self, we're bringing it to light and we're saying, okay, I wanna give you a voice what do you feel? What do you embody? What are you carrying? What are you associated with? It's kind of like creating a dialogue with a part of yourself so that you can get to know this part of yourself rather than fear it, rather than create stories around what it is and ignore it and push it down. Because the more it gets ignored and pushed down, the stronger it becomes. I like to, <laughs> the metaphor I like to use for the shadow self is that it's like a screaming child and the more you ignore it the more it's going to be like i'm here i'm here i'm here and like go into a tantrum until it drives you crazy but if you can just turn to that screaming child tend to that shadow self as soon as you start to feel it come up and say i hear you i see you who are you what's what are your needs like what are your shadow self's needs that's when the alchemy starts because now something that has been dormant and festering is beginning to go into motion. So another ingredient that helps this process unfold is compassion and love. Because a lot of the time when we start to connect with these wounded parts of ourselves, the first thing we feel is shame. Like, ashamed of this wound, ashamed of that experience. And shame is the densest emotion that we can feel vibrationally, hertz wise. I think it's like 32 hertz or something. And so it creates more stagnation and we can't process things when we are, when we're looking at it through the lens of shame, right? It's like, it becomes like constipated. <laughs> so <laughs> we want to approach this part of ourselves with compassion and love and recognizing that this is just 
an opportunity for us to learn, extract wisdom from it. And then the alchemy is that it transforms into gold, right? And that gold is the metaphor for your higher self, for your true self, because you went through this process of working with this ingredient that was the shadow self, infusing it with compassion, love, attention, bringing it to light. You have now given yourself an opportunity for a rebirth. And that to me is alchemy. Alchemy, womb alchemy is, as one of my clients said, <laughs> pleasurably dying and rebirthing <laughs> yourself again and again and again. And it really is that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that so much. That needs to be your tagline. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I did write it down. I was like, make Instagram graphic on this statement. <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah. I love the way that you broke down the process of alchemy and really, you know, what you said there is so true the shadow self those aspects of ourselves that are afraid wounded so often we perpetuate it by adding more fear by going like okay i don't want to look at you this is wrong this is bad and judging it this is kind of like how in my work too you know inner child healing it's like the moment that you give the shadow the moment that you give your inner child the moment that you give the wounded part of you like whatever it is you want to call it a voice a stage it's like, oh, all it ever wanted was just love. <laughs> it's just like, all I wanted was like, I wanted to be seen. I wanted to know that I'm going to be okay, that I'm, that I'm going to be loved. And it's like, wow, what a breath of fresh air. And I think that's also really the path of the divine feminine. The way that I've experienced too is that it's about holding space and not needing to fix. Because I think a lot of the times the more masculine approach is like, well, why are you feeling that way? Why are you having this fear? Let's fix it. Let's get rid of it. But truly, you know, the alchemy process that you just described is that you connect with that aspect of you. You let it be seen. You listen to it. You see what it needs. You hold space in love and compassion. And then it just starts to alchemize itself. It's like, awesome. what a beautiful, yeah, what a beautiful, simple process. Um, yeah, like this is such a powerful, powerful journey for all of us to be on. Um yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's just so great. Yeah, absolutely. And and one thing I really want to highlight as well is that, like, you know, someone could be listening to this and be like, well, that sounds like complicated. Like, I do I have to like practice meditation to be able to do that? Like, what do I do? And the beautiful thing about the way our world is evolving is that there are so many other teachers that can lead you through a process that that works that can give you the tools the guidance the love the reflection the support that you need to navigate all these different levels and so you don't have to be like a proficient meditator or a priestess or like anything specific to be able to move through this work i have worked with so many different kinds of people some people who've never even meditated before and everyone sees different results because everyone is different and you know, for me specifically, my womb alchemy coaching program, it's not about let me lead you through the process that I went through and you can be like me. It's like, no, no, no. I'm going to give you some like really incredible lifelong tools that you will be using for life. And I'm going to help you become more of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Because there is no linear path. There is no one set path. And that's where it can be a bit dangerous, I think, um, when we try to put a masculine approach or lens or like a boom, 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 step by step, you do this, follow my path kind of lens onto something that's meant to be unique to every individual. 
So yeah, I think it's really important for our listeners here to know is that you don't need to be at a certain level. Again, you don't need to jump through hoops. I often say this, you know, especially when I teach on building that connection to the infinite, to the divine. You don't have to be more worthy. You don't have to do this thing. You don't have to be a master meditator. You just need to have this openness and this willingness to heal, to open, to feel. So yeah, that's a really great point. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so now I would love to talk a bit more about pleasure. I know you mentioned that. (laughs) The Mm -hmm. pleasurably dying and coming back alive over and over again. So yeah, I would love to demystify the concept of pleasure because, you know, to what you were saying earlier about watching Divine Feminine and Feminine Leadership mentors and guides on Instagram, we often think is like, okay, for me to live a pleasure-filled life, do I need to be orgasming like 24-7? Do I need to be like having sex all day? Like, what am I supposed to be doing with myself, right? So I would love to know, like, for you, what does it really mean to lead this pleasure-filled life? And how do we bring in pleasure in a way, again, that is unique for us and that feels good for us? Yes, I love this question. And I so love the joke that you made, like, should I be just having an orgasm 24-7? Because that's where our mind goes, because we're like, so logical of like, okay, like pleasure, that means like, I got to masturbate all the time. And, and no, no, that's not it. I mean, it can be that. And for those who that's their lifestyle, awesome power to you. Yes, you're also living in pleasure. There's so many expressions of it. Um, But to make it more like attainable and sustainable, I would describe living in a pleasure state as making space for your feminine to play and flow and receive and create every single day. Mm-hmm. So someone could hear that and be like, well, I'm so busy. Like, I don't have time for that. It's like, well, no, you don't have to sit in a meditation or a ritual for three hours every day to access the state. It's actually more effective if you're accessing it through like small chunks throughout your day so like when I want to when I want to kind of reset myself and feel into like how can I create more space for my divine feminine because like the masculine's got a lot of space in our life like we're working we're doing the thinking we're doing you know we're doing (laughs) we're not being as much and so to inquire with yourself like how can your feminine show up more in your life I ask the question how can I incorporate more pleasure into my day pleasure and feminine are so synonymous because it's like a total state of presence and surrender and that to me is super like being in your feminine and so I like to make sure that like I'm starting my day off nurturing pleasure, nurturing my feminine. So I'll wake up and I'll be like, how does my feminine want to show up this morning? How can I incorporate pleasure into my morning? And my feminine will decide right then and there, whether that's dancing for five minutes, whether that's sitting at my meditation altar for five minutes, sometimes 30 minutes, whether that's like eye gazing with myself in the mirror and saying loving things to myself, whether that's a breast massage, a womb massage, that all these things can take five minutes. They can take 30 seconds, right? And so then I usually will do something more to nurture my masculine after that, which is like working out or, you know, going for a walk. And then again, okay, now I want to nurture my feminine. How can I nurture my body? Oh, let me cook this food, this breakfast for myself. And as I'm doing it, each ingredient is like 
you know, it's like my my magical brewing witchy pot of like this broccoli is love and this nutritional yeast is my sacral power. Like whatever you want to say, it's alchemy, right? That's giving space for your feminine to flow. Even if you are working a nine to five and you feel more kind of like stuck in this container, whether you're working a desk job or whatever, like you can still create space for your feminine, like bring dark chocolate with you, close your eyes, put that dark chocolate on your tongue and just let it melt for 30 seconds and feel the vibration go in your body. Like go to the bathroom and just like shake your body in the stall and just like, you know, let your body move for a couple seconds or go to your car on your lunch break and like do a meditation, go to like a nearby park and connect with the earth. Like there's so many different ways that we can incorporate pleasure. And I think a lot of it has to do too around like the way our relationship with our body, like something that really helps me connect with pleasure and my feminine is like, while I'm sitting, just doing hip circles, <laughs> even while I'm standing, just doing hip circles. It's like, to me, doing hip circles is like taking a wooden spoon and like, and uh, brewing a pot of magic. It's like, yes, let's activate it, right? It's like circulating that sexual primal energy in your womb and allowing it to move through the rest of your body. Like it can be accessed through such simple means and the simpler the better like start simple don't overcomplicate it throw in a minute here 30 seconds there and then the more comfortable you get with it the more of a the more you can kind of expand on it and it's really like a lifestyle change that you incrementally initiate yeah i love that so much um, i feel like i just got all the validation and encouragement to get myself some chocolate and just like sensually pleasurably eat it after this <laughs> yes. it's yes. so good um yeah I, I love again you know going back to simplicity it could be as simple as 30 seconds five minutes inviting in that circular motion in your body when you're just sitting when you're just working um yeah it, it really comes down to these simple things and i think having that awareness for me personally has been a big practice of like what kind of energy am i mostly in right now because i feel like so often we're just in autopilot and our autopilot programming is to be in masculine and you know not to say masculine is bad or anything but just the way that we've been programmed very often it's a wounded masculine right it's overdoing to prove it's like i gotta hustle i gotta you know put all my energy there and so having that awareness that connection of like how am I feeling right now? You know, even as you're doing, I think the way that I often see it is like there's the marriage between the two energies at a point in time. You could be doing something. You could be like writing a post, doing something for your business. That's quote unquote a masculine activity, but bring in the hip circles, eat the chocolate, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> build in the pleasure as you're doing that. So yeah, that's such a great, such a great breakdown. Thank you for that. Um, a question that I would love to ask you here to build onto that is how can we begin to build that trust in embodying the divine feminine on a daily basis? So what I mean by that is like I can speak from my experience this past year, especially since March, actually February, has been a big practice for me of like becoming aware of my divine feminine energy how do i bring it in and there have been you know certain periods of time like a month or two like around 
May through actually to July where I felt like super in the play. I felt like, oh my gosh, like I can flow, I can be. But then there's like this element that kind of kicks in and like, okay, I got to make more things happen now. I got to do more things. I got to hit these goals. Like I'm a bit behind because I didn't do this. And then it's like, okay, now I'm back mostly in my masculine. So, you know, I, I think the thing that comes up very often is because we've been programmed to be in our masculine so much. It's like, yes, sometimes we can bring in our feminine, but I feel like a lot of us kind of work with this struggle of, can I really trust the feminine energy? Can I really trust the feminine energy to be able to move me forward more than the masculine? Because the feminine is more creative and chaotic. The masculine, as we know, is logical and predictable. So how would you say that we can really start to build and deepen that trust in our feminine energy? Mm, that's a great question. And my my first response would, to that would honestly be the lens that you're looking at it through, right? If we're thinking that only one of them is going to bring us to where we want, then it's always going to be imbalanced. Even if someone is extremely in their feminine embodiment and not so connected to their masculine, that is also imbalance, you know, because you need both. It's yin and yang. It is the primal universal law of existence, creation, death, rebirth, all of it. And we need both. And so before we can even really think like, oh, is this like trustworthy? Realize, oh, this is universal law that this balance exists. Like the yin yang symbol, when we look at it, everyone's familiar with it, right? Like the yin yang symbol, we're like, oh, it's like, it's balanced, but it's actually so much more because if you're looking at it, you're thinking that it's still, you know, but the yin yang symbol is actually in motion where that big white, you know, end of the line, it can no longer sustain itself. That's yang. And so it becomes yin, this thin black line that then grows and grows and grows into this black bulb that is so yin, it can no longer sustain itself. It becomes yang. And so they're, what I'm saying with this is that they're constantly flowing into one another and they're not exclusive of each other ever, right? There's a black dot within the white body. There is a white dot within the black body. Like they're both so intertwined and so when we want to be in harmony and in balance, then we have to create space for both. And that balance is so important, especially, you know, right now we're in Libra season and I'm a Libra. So <laughs> balance for me is like my motto right now, especially as I was tapping into the equinox a couple of weeks ago. And it's all about the balance and balance is actually how you access flow state. Mm -hmm. So flow state, is then what connects us to our intuition. It connects us to intuitive guidance. That intuitive guidance is leading us towards our desires. It is providing empowered action steps that we can take towards what we want in life. When we're living our life in a way where we are approaching our desires and enacting empowered action, then we are in alignment with our purpose, with our mission, with our truth. So balance is a way for you to access that flow state. And flow state is a way for you to be in alignment with your truth, listen to your intuition, and take empowered action. Your intuition, you know, we could categorize that as being more feminine. But like, you know, intuition is like, it's there because it's meant to guide you 
and help you navigate the steps that you're going to take, which is more of your masculine, right? Like the, that's the whole purpose of intuition is to give you insight as to how to live and how to do and what to do. So they're really completely interrelated. And so trust that you are both and that both are equally important and to access the flow state and be really in tune with yourself, you have to incorporate both. Yeah, I love that. I love how you're saying that, you know, where one ends, the other begins, and then it's like this endless cycle. And I think, yeah, it really goes back to in us remembering who we are and our power. It's remembering the capacity we have to hold duality and multiple things because the usual conditioning is like this or that. I'm masculine or I'm feminine. I'm this or that. And so it's like, no, how can I hold both? How can I allow both energies to come together and create? Um, And yeah, I love that tie-in about flow state and intuition. So especially around intuition, I feel like for a lot of women, a lot of spiritual beings who are, you know, in the beginning stages of their journey too, the question is always, how do I connect with my intuition? And then how do I know when I hear something or I feel something that that is in fact my intuition? So sometimes, you know, I feel like we could be really up in our heads about is this intuition? Is it not? And then the fear comes in and it's like the fear is saying this thing, but is that my intuition? And then it becomes a big like thinking mess. So how how would you guide someone to really connect with their intuition and be able to discern what is true for them? Yeah, that's a great question. And like, I think that the example that you gave, like we can be so up in our heads and we get caught up in thinking and that's where the the statement of where your mind goes, the energy flows, comes up, right? So if your focus is in your head and in your thoughts and in your logic and reason, then you are going to create a very tangled story about whatever, you know, whatever you're trying to inquire intuitively about. And so when you recognize that happening, that is a very telltale sign that you should bring your focus and awareness down into your womb and it's like well i can't think down there it's like well you're not supposed to because intuition mm-hmm. is not thoughts it's feeling and so this is our primal sensory space like this is our center of gravity and that's why something like the womb breath is so powerful because not only are you bringing this refreshing air chi down into your womb for her to breathe not only are you communicating with her but when you're keeping your awareness and focus in your womb, then you are attuning yourself to the language of your womb. The language of the womb is wordless. It's all intuitive notion and senses. And I feel like sometimes when I have a hard time differentiating like, okay, is this my intuition? Is it my thoughts? I go back to like the original experience and I'm like, okay, what was the answer the first time I inquired right away, what came up? Because anything after that is gonna be a story that the mind has created. And one of the ways that I have found it really helpful to do that is through something called a sacral response. So let's see. So if I were to ask myself a question to kind of help myself, yeah, navigate getting the answer that I'm looking for, I would say you can do it for super simple things like tonight, you know, okay, body, like, what do we need tonight? Tonight, do we want to take a bath? Mm, 
Like the answer was, mm, but I didn't think about it. Like I'm bringing my awareness to my womb and I'm letting this sacral response through my voice, through my womb, help me navigate the answer. So then I'll ask myself, okay, body, do we want to get acupuncture? Mm. Oh, okay. So my body probably wants that. This probably sounds so funny through a podcast. Like she's just making sounds, but <laughs> if you actually try it and kind of surrender to it, this sacral response, it's also called guttural response. You respond without thinking it's mm -hmm. instant. And so this is like, you know, that game that people sometimes play. They're like, say the first thing that comes up in your head when I say like blue and then you're like ocean, you know, like it's just, it's reactive, it's instant and it is without thought. And so that's one of the ways that we can kind of use our intuition, you know, start small with like something that I just did, you know, or if it's like a meal, like, do I want a salad? Do I want this? I don't know, couscous, let your body kind of navigate that for you. And that's a way for you to play around with your intuition. But remember that intuition is more of a embodied experience. It's more sensory than it is thought. And if you're unsure about something, then that's not your intuition because your intuition is always sure. <laughs> you know, it might take time for the mind and the ego to like absorb the intuitive guidance, especially if it's guiding you to do something that's really like the harder thing to do. You know, we can have resistance and that's okay. But that intuitive knowing it, it will, it will steer the ship if you let it. Yeah, I love that emphasis on intuitive knowing being an embodied experience because truly that's what it is. There are no words for it. It's just a knowing. And I love how you said, like, if you start to think more about it, if you're like rationalizing, chances are it's no longer your intuition. And yeah, you know, sometimes following your intuition is not the easiest thing. I would say it requires a lot of courage because intuition is like, that little nudge from your higher self that connection to the infinite the divine which is often you know taking you to your highest path but it's probably not what your human wants as you're saying that it reminded me when i was going through uh deciding on a breakup earlier this year it was like full body knowing like i gotta get out this isn't for me but the human's like oh but maybe no but it's comfortable but it's okay uh but truly yeah so much magic happens when we lean into that intuitive call and i love what you said there about starting small you don't need to be like i gotta figure out this intuition thing to make this biggest life decision today but it's like what do i want for dinner what do i want to do tonight and then work up from there yes absolutely and letting that intuitive guidance just be natural letting it just kind of be unforced like the first thing that comes up and like listening to that and that can be hard because it you know, we have to kind of surrender to it. And a lot of the time the ego does not want to surrender because surrender means not controlling and not controlling mm -hmm. means that there's potential for fear or danger and not even danger and like something bad is going to happen, but danger as in like the ego's like, this is unknown. I don't know what this is. I can't navigate this because I've never been able to measure if this is safe or not, you know? And yeah. that's why people stay in their comfort zone. So the intuition kind of helps you step outside of your comfort zone but also like step into that flowing feminine state, which is really fun if you let yourself play with it. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Oh, this has been such a beautiful conversation, Sophia. Thank you so much. And 
you know, now as we're nearing the end of the episode, I have, you know, a few more final kind of wrap up questions for you. Um, One question that I'd love to ask my guest on this podcast is, what does embodying your truth fully mean to you? Hmm. Embodying my truth fully to me is living in my integrity and being who I am, regardless of other people's opinions or who I think I should be or who I think would be more lovable (laughs) and really just showing up as my true self in every single moment, regardless of who's there and what's going on. And, and really like enjoying that. Like one of my favorite things about solo traveling, which I do quite a bit of, um, I was just in Hawaii a couple weeks ago and I was living out of a van solo traveling. And one of the things that I love about solo traveling experiences is that I step into fully myself. And I do that every day, but when you're in a new place, it's like, oh, I like get to show up here and like be here and getting to interact with life and people from a space of excitement. Like, I can't wait to share who I am with who you are and interact with that and like explore. Like that to me is so fun and exciting and the purpose of life. Because if you're not enjoying who you are, then like, what's the point, right? And if we don't enjoy who we are, it's because we're living in a wounded state. And that's why womb alchemy is so powerful and has helped me completely transform my life. Like who the person I was like five years ago, six years ago is day and night from who I am right now. And who I am now is so much more of my truth. And I love myself so much more and I have so much more fun with myself because of that deep embodiment of true self. Yeah, that is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. And, you know, if you could go back in time to any period of your life, whether it's like early childhood, teens, or just a couple of years ago, and you could give yourself one piece of advice or a reminder or an affirmation, a phrase, when would you go back to and what would you say? Whoa. High school (laughs) for me, middle school, middle school and high school, like ninth grade pops up for me and wow I've, I don't think I've ever really spoken on this before but I used to have a lot of social anxiety that I didn't even realize that I had um, and I would feel it every single morning um, because you know I went to a massive high school there were like 700 people in my grade and the morning was when you got to school and before the bell rang everybody was at their tables with their friends and you know like in their cliques And I had Mm -hmm. friends in like different groups and um, I was felt so much anxiety because I never knew like what to do with myself and who to sit with and who to talk to. And I just felt like, like I wanted to like crawl out of my skin. Mm -hmm. And I even like got bullied in those mornings. Sometimes I remember this one girl like pulled my ponytail really hard and I almost fell and like just feeling so disempowered and afraid. And I would come to myself in that moment and be like, Sophia Maria, you're going to be a badass bitch and this shit is going to pass. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, giving that younger you that empowerment and that knowing. Um, but yeah, honestly, like I would say, yeah, like it's, it's stressful to be in middle school and high school. And like, yeah, there's a lot of a, a lot of stresses, a lot of like 
sometimes mean people as well. So yeah, that's probably where I would go back in time too and just love on my younger self. (laughs) So great. I say is like, I would never wish on anyone to be a teenager again. (laughs) Like not even my worst, I don't have enemies, but like not even my worst enemy. Like no one should be a teenager again. That was hard. Yeah, that's a lot of like, trying to figure out who you are and then the social pressures of fitting in and for me personally it was like also needing to get straight A's at the same time like that's a lot of pressure (laughs) oh I love that okay so my final question for you is just you know for our listeners here today who are tuning into this they love your energy they want to know more about you hang out with you work with you feel into the magic of womb alchemy where can they find you and where can they get started Yes, thank you for posing that question. I love welcoming people into my world, sharing my vibe with them. And I have a lot of different things that I offer and create. I have a women's retreat coming up in November. We're going to be staying in a mansion, doing all kinds of magical wombs, womb divine feminine cultivation. Um, I also run a womb alchemy coaching program. And this is my baby. I run this like three times a year and um it incorporates it's a 14-week journey and it incorporates live healing ceremonies um weekly content that's rituals meditations videos information about the womb and energy uh one-on-one coaching a sisterhood group so so interactive and empowering and it i just love it so much i love seeing women move through their transformation in that way and um yeah, I'm also an acupuncturist for anybody who's local in Philly or Jersey. And you can find me at wombalchemy.love. And you can also find me on Instagram, Sophia Maria underscore womb alchemist. And I'll spell that for you because I got a lot of Y's in my name. F I Y A M A R I Y A. So just put a Y between the I and the A <laughs> and then underscore womb alchemist. So yeah, I love Instagram. Reach out to me on there. Send me a message. Let's connect. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sophia Maria. And we'll link everything down in the show notes for easy access. But yeah, thank you for being here today, for sharing your wonderful wisdom, your energy, your divine feminine portal. I'm feeling super activated, excited to you know, go into my pleasurable rebirth and chocolate eating after this. (laughs) So thank you so much for your time. This has been a beautiful conversation and I'm so grateful for you. Oh, thank you, Ella. This has been so much fun. And for anybody who's looking for an incredible designer to help them (laughs) create their vision, Ella, oh my gosh, it is like such an exciting, pleasurable experience to work with her. She captures my visions so perfectly every single time. It's incredible so i highly recommend her yes and yeah thank you so much for having me on here this has been so much fun and i look forward to the day that we can actually meet in person me too oh you're so good (laughs) thank you thank you thank you so much love for you my love thank you so much for hitting play today coming on to hang out with me and tuning into this episode 
If you enjoyed this episode and if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. This helps more beautiful souls like you find this podcast and it would mean the absolute world to me. If we are not yet connected over on Instagram, make sure to find me at PSMLA and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. I love you.